The Exposed Podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Podbean. Links below in the description. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Rich of the Exposed Podcast, and by popular demand, I have on Camelot331. Shocking. I would never hear those words previously by popular demand <laughs> in my life, ever. So, Dude, you're cool. always brought up in, whether it be on a YouTube video or a live stream, even before I was doing the podcast, they're like, you should talk to Camelot331. You should do... You should have him on a video. I I think he's being truthful. I think he's lying. I think he's this. I think he's that. And I, I'm like, okay, all right. I'm definitely you were you like you were on the list. And what's funny is that you came to me saying, hey man, it, people want me to come on the podcast. And I'm like, absolutely. You were already on the list anyway. So you know, it, it's interesting because I think you really put the biggest black eye in on GameStop ever compared to any other employee. I don't think anyone's ever done what you've done to them. And they they probably, it's safe to say that they hate you. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. And it's it's just, I was there 11 years. So when I was just started talking about stuff, it was all I could talk about. What, you know? what made you decide, because that was your first video. I went and watched yeah. it. What made you decide to come forward and do that video? And what made, what was the impetus of that? I've, I, I really don't remember i was just sitting there one day and i was like i'm gonna make a youtube video and talk about my work experience for gamestop because it was generally negative especially within the last couple of years and uh i just put it up and then it blew up so i don't know i don't know why but it did <laughs> well what was interesting with that is that it seemed like you were having a good time there at first like you said it was actually a good experience when you first started yeah exactly it was it was awesome back in the days where you know employees could you know, play games and interact with customers in a good way and speak to people that had like common interests and not have to worry about hounding people about, you know, reserves or, you know, pro cards and things of that nature. But now it's it, when I was getting out, it was, I mean, you had to have certain numbers every week or else you were on the chopping block every week. So what you, cause you were there until 2018. So it wasn't like yeah. it was a long time ago that what, what was one of the biggest changes you noticed from when you first started working there, like t towards the end? Like, what were things you saw that really changed in the company? Because that's a—it's over a decade you were there. Yeah. So there was this big thing when, because I, I was a you know a store manager, and uh, I think it was in 2015 or 16, the st all the store managers went from a salary position um, with all these benefits to. Like overnight, we got converted to an hourly position because of some federal law that eventually didn't even pass um, that raised the minimum uh, requirements to be eligible for overtime if you were making 48K a year, you know, versus 28K. Um, so they changed everybody in the company to hourly. That was the salary, meaning we couldn't like leave the store at certain times and you had to, we had to actually work overtime. Like to get our previous pay, you couldn't even work forty hours. You had to work overtime, mandatory, just to even get close to where you're making, you know, that pay. And if you took any vacation, anything like that, 
your you didn't make your full pay. I mean, you were like losing two hundred bucks every time you took a vacation, and it was just insane. And management, of course, didn't give a damn. <laughs> they didn't care. They just told us to stop whining and move on. So, well, I've seen. See, I've worked in retail before too, and it's almost like that was done at other companies as well because it's a way to get more. I guess work out of an employee and pay the same money. So it actually was cost effective for them. But like you said, that killed the morale. Yeah, that was it. That was the turning point. That was when I I, I remember leaving like Las Vegas that year because we had conference in Las Vegas and there was people in line at the airport saying, oh yeah, I put my two weeks notice in like yesterday. Like there was people, everybody I talked to was quitting. They probably lost a good 30, 40% of tenure managers like in a, a month period back then. How long were you a manager there? Like, and how uh, old, how old were you when you became a manager? Because you, how old are you now? <laughs> I turned thirty in a week. <laughs> oh God! So you were really young. When how old were you when you first yeah. became a manager? I was eighteen when I became a part time manager, and twenty when I when I became a store manager. You were you were twenty years old when you were a store yeah. manager there. Yeah. It was an wow. interesting time. <laughs> you weren't even able to buy alcohol yet, and you were running a store. Yeah. It was interesting. And the, the weird thing is I was started out at a certain amount. Um, I was started out at like a 33 K salary position and there was people and specifically females in my district that were started out at like 26, eight or 27. And it was just what my DM did. It was, he would start females out at such a lower rate and I'd never understood why. No one ever understood why. And to this day, there's female managers in his district right now that make like 1250 an hour because it's hourly now. They make like 1250 an hour as a store manager. It's crazy, man. That's insane because most places I know that are store managers at worst I've heard is maybe like 55 or 60. Yeah. That's insane. That's absolutely nuts. So you, what are some stories? I, I've heard some of the stories in your videos. I watch your videos. What are some of the craziest things that happened while you work there? <laughs> There's so many things that have happened. And I, I live in Alabama, so I don't know if that's worse. It feels worse, you know, but <laughs> it definitely feels worse. But I had a store manager that would just get into all kinds of hijinks. It was like a, a show. It's like a TV show. There was a time where... um he would leave the store at around 1 p.m. And, you know, he's scheduled till 5 or 6. And he would leave the store around 1 p.m. and just stay clocked in. And he would go to, like, a friend's house, and they would just get, you know, prostitutes. And I heard was, that in one yeah. of your videos, and I was like, yeah. no, he has to be kidding me. Really? Yeah. And it was, no, it was no secret to anyone. Even our district manager knew. But, of course, he didn't care because that store ranked so well. Um, so he would come back to work, you know, and clock out, of course, and ride the clock. And he would uh, show us like pictures on his flip phone because back then it was like all flip phones. And he would show us pictures of this just this prostitute. It was terrible. And oh, eventually the district manager had to get involved because there was complaints and stuff. So he's like, hey, you can't you know leave the store anymore. Even He knew he was just stealing time and just didn't care because the store was doing so well. And that's generally how it operates. Stores doing well, they don't give it doesn't a matter. It doesn't matter how they're getting numbers, by the way. And that's to this day. They can rob people all day. It doesn't matter. As long as the store is doing good, you're fine. And everybody else that's being on, honest and leading with integrity, they're done. But um, basically, he would stay. He would just you know, be at the store, and he would just call the prostitutes to the store. And they would go with him into the back room and then just be there for 30 minutes. 
while I'm checking out kids and people. It was crazy, man. He would it's call crazy. them into the like he would call them to come into the store and do stuff with them there. Yeah, they would walk through like the store and go to the back room. Eventually, he made them come in the back door. But like at first, it was like almost like he was like flaunting it, which is weird because it was like Alabama. Like it was Alabama, and it's like a really bad part of Alabama. So it was like a twenty-five cent prostitute. So it was terrible, what? as you can imagine. <laughs> and how long did you work with that guy for? Like I was his assistant manager for about I was his thir- part-time manager for 2 years and assistant manager for like half a year and then I got moved up. Now, so. was he involved with the guy who was pissed off at you who was going to try to come after you legally? D- they that's that I don't that was the thing is obviously you don't you yeah. don't have to go into specifics right. but like yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah, they were both very terrible and they were both knew each other very well and they kind of covered each other's backs. Which was strange. So what ended up happening in the end with that, where you had someone who they were saying they were going to take legal action against you, and even though I knew it was a pile of crap and nothing really could happen from that, what yeah. what, what was the end result of all that, or is it still pending now? It's still going on. Actually, I can talk, there's only one thing I can really talk about from it, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I've talked about on my channel, is you know I, I, I got a summons to appear in March. Oh so, wow! So something's happening, but I'm very, very confident. I've had a lot of a lot of legal advice, and my attorney as well. You know, is it's super. It, I mean, it's cut and dry. I think it's just a, you know, a scare tactic type deal. It's so. the scare. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it's to scare the shit out of you because there's nothing yeah. you didn't mention any names. I watched your video. Like, right. you, it's not exactly. like you said. It's not like you had their Twitter user handle. It's not like you had their name. You were just saying a story that happened and. Hey, if if people put the math together with it, tough shit. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, you shouldn't have been doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and it's funny because people will come into like my streams and be like, "Hey, is so and so still?" It's like say his name, and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" And I just don't, I just don't even like respond to it. I'm just like, I'm gonna ignore that. So all people who okay. know are like we're in the inner circle come into your yeah. streams and stuff and yeah, try to exactly. blow up a spot. Yeah, totally. So that knew him. Now, what you actually talked about too, and I wanted to ask you about this because it was personal. You you talked about the fact that you broke you broke up with your wife. Have you had flack from that? Like, was there a negative feedback that you got from that in terms of the? Because people love to jump on people's personal issues. Do you not? Not really. It's uh. You know, she left in twenty, like seventeen, beginning of twenty seventeen, and uh, you know, I just it 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 sucked for me. You know, it was like a life altering for me because it was like an eight year relationship. But you know, I made a video about it, talked about it, and then I haven't really mentioned it. You know, since then, and you know, people have been usually usually are very, uh, you know, positive about it. They're really welcoming and you know nice about it. I haven't had really too many negative things come from it, except my you know except her. She was really mad. I posted a video like a year later after I posted it. <laughs> she was mad a year after you posted it. Yeah, Seriously? and I don't even know why. I don't even know why. Like it's not. I don't say anything negative towards her in that video. Like it's all like this sucks. I'm sad, and then it was over. <laughs> see, you got see you're very lucky with that because one thing I've learned from my own because I've been doing this for a long ass time from my own mistakes is to 
whenever I talked about something personal, I always get bit in the ass with it. Yeah. So when I, I when I watched that video, I was like, oh, man, I wonder if he had any kind of negative feedback from that. And, and there's usually a lot of people that do. So you're very lucky. You, you kind of garnered a really nice fan base, which a lot of people don't do. Yeah, they're all – it's an awesome community. Everybody, every single person in the community is awesome. There's a few people that suck, but they, <laughs> they're usually not a part of the community anyway. So they're like outside. Where did the whole thing where people think that you are full like they, I always get that oh Camelot's full of shit he's he's lying about this yeah. he's lying about that where is that coming from why is that I, even a thing I don't know if it's because it grew so fast and they were just tired of seeing my face and I have a stupid face and voice kind of <laughs> so I don't know I, I, maybe join it's, the club don't feel bad about that <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> maybe it's an intellectual standpoint thing like my voice sounds very like rednecky. And I can't help it. It's just I'm from Alabama. What can I do? Like, <laughs> but that, I feel like that's maybe part of it. I don't really know. Um, it's funny because you know Polygon or IGM will release an article detailing stuff that I've talked about for a year, and now everybody suddenly believes it. And I'm like, why do you believe it when I was saying it? And is, is it because I sound dumb as hell? Maybe I don't even know. I don't think it's that, dude. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're you are where you're from. You have. I I think it's because. You grew, especially you. Grew, I mean, your first video was in when did you make it? 2017, 2018? It was uh, at the end of 2018. At the end of 2018. So yeah. think about it, man. Like, you grew in a time on YouTube where it's next to impossible to grow. So you're going to have salty people that think, oh, he's just having these sensational stories because even people with sensational stories can't garner a following. So there, there right. was always. It, it's just kind of like mind boggling to people because in 20, to start a channel in 2018, I don't know if you did anything on YouTube before your channel now is next to impossible. And I think really that's what it is. Cause like you've, I've watched your videos and I haven't seen you at least from what I've watched. It's not like I've sat there and watched every single video you made. I, I haven't yeah. seen you trip up. I haven't seen you where you say something and then months later you screw up and say something else. It's like, you seem like you're on point with it. And it, what's interesting is, is that what you've done is you've taken what happened at GameStop and your negative experience there. And you're kind of calling out other employers that really take advantage of their employees. Like one of the videos I watched from you is what made you get into basically calling out Amazon? Yeah. Just um, when I made GameStop videos, when I was starting, because when I was starting, I was, you know, making a lot of GameStop videos um, because it's what I saw I knew. You were there and, for a decade, of course. You have a lot right, of stories. Right. So I was just talking about that, and people would message me about GameStop, and then s some people would message me and be like, hey, I don't know if you're interested, but hey, I work at Amazon, you know, warehouse. or And I would get those messages all the time. So I was like, I guess I'll, you know, just read some of these and <clears throat> give my opinion on it. And that's kind of where it kind of evolved and then those videos started blowing up and then i started talking about you know other companies and just just talking about people's stories because generally that's what i like to do is see similar experiences that i've gone through but with different companies and then you kind of find out that like all corporate companies take advantage of their associates in some way or, in, or especially another. in retail yes especially yeah so it's it's good to call them out because if any any kind of positive change can come from it hey like that's <laughs> that's achievement in life you know what i'm saying so that's really what i'm trying to do now is just to try to make some kind of positive change 
Now you said Amazon actually did they get in contact with you? It well, it wasn't Amazon, it was a company. <laughs> oh, company. It was a uh, an or- it's a uh, people. Okay. Try not to I, I was reading uh I, I try not to go too far into it cuz I'm not supposed to talk about certain aspects of it. But um Amazon's apparently under investigation because their working conditions are third world. I mean, Amazon has five times the injuries than any other warehouse in America. And it's also the largest company in the world. Like there's, it should have better standards, but for some reason, the injury reports are five times. You're five times more likely to be injured in an Amazon fulfillment center than you would at, you know, Goodyear or something to that nature. Well, think about it. How do you, I always am perplexed and look, you know, I'm going to be hypocritical calling out Amazon, but I, I, 90% 90% of what I buy for my business is from Amazon. Right. How do you think that when you have Prime, they get you those packages so fast? There has yeah. to be something inhuman <laughs> going on for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, there's people uh, pissing in bottles, man. They don't take breaks. They don't do like they they have pick rates. They have a, a hundred pick rate when they start. And then a week later, it's 200. And then a month later, it's 300. And it never decreases. So they have to make these pick rates or they're done. And you're talking about places. They strategically put these places in extremely rural areas. So it's the only job like other than like McDonald's and Burger King. So they'll go there and they're they're guaranteed this $12 an hour. So they'll do anything they can to make you know ends meet because they have a family to take care of. A lot of people will comment and be like, well, if they hate it, why don't they just leave? And I'm like, that's actually not an option for a lot of people. Yeah, they, they, it's either that or you know starve. Like, and, and if you, exactly. it's, it's not like you could get unemployment if you quit a job. You don't get unemployment for that, right? That's it, it. And one of the craziest things I heard about Amazon is that they actually sat there and did math and said, "Okay, we could put better air conditioning or air conditioning in some facilities, or we could have ambulances pick up people if they pass out from heat exhaustion." It was cheaper to have that than put in better air conditioning. What a horrible way to run a business, you know? Especially, yeah. Yeah, the the thing is with that specific incident, they just kept ambulances like outside waiting. Like imagine that. Imagine you're working and you're coming into work and you just see ambulances and you're like I hope I don't leave in one of those today. That's terrifying. It's disgust and it's such a wealthy company too. The CEO of Amazon is worth he's the wealthiest I believe he's the wealthiest man in the world. And right. You know they have the money to do it, but they're sitting there, and 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 I heard about like where the, the people can be fired by an automated system. There, it's not right. even that like your manager will come up to you. It's literally like, oh, the machine saw that you didn't do so many picks and you didn't get a box filled, and then that's it. It says just go home and don't come back. Exactly, and the 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 disgusting thing to me is, like you said, Jeff Bezos, you know the, the CEO. They, they have so much money and it would take not even a percent of that money and the revenue to f- completely fix things and overhaul things. Maybe their one day shipping would have to go to two. And I could live with that, to be honest. I could live I, with it too. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, and I'm getting older, man. Uh, I order things way ahead of time. I plan things out. I used to not do that, but like, I will order something two weeks ahead. I'm like, I have to have this in, in two weeks. So I'll order it. And, you know, I've never had to rely on one day shipping for anything. So if it had to go down to two day shipping, it would probably completely change, you know, these people's life. Their pick rates would go down to almost nothing and they would just they would be able to live their life and not have to worry about falling off forklift and dying. That's literally so, happened. I thought I didn't. That, yeah. So there was a, a guy that was crushed by a forklift and he they didn't find his body for two hours. No one even noticed. 
Oh no one cared. God. This happened, I believe, in Indiana. Like, so, and that kind of thing is something that happens all the time. The only reason we heard about that one was because he died from it. There's people that have life-changing injuries every single day, and Amazon's like, you're fired, and that's it, because they can't do the job anymore. There's no severance. There's no leave for being injured. They're just like, oh, okay, bye. You can uh, you cannot work here anymore. So, Which absolutely, it's sickening to me that you could be the CEO of a company, destroy it, fail miserably, and leave with a multi-million dollar severance package. But you could fall and get injured and be, you know, being paid twelve fifty or fifteen an hour at Amazon, and you're just fired, and then you're just broke and can't do anything. Right, and the and their lofts are literally over at that point. Literally, it, we live in a time. I always bring this up: the uh, former CEO of Sega of America, Bernie Stoller, pissed off Sega of Japan, and they fired him. And he had a five million dollar severance package. I, I want to get fired from a job and have five. You don't have to do anything for the rest of your life. You, if you put, yeah. you, it, it, we live in a screwed up world where you could work your ass off, and you know something like that happens where you have a life altering or maybe even life ending injury. Nothing. You don't get compensated at all. You could just be a terrible CEO, but because you're in a certain, you're in the boys' club or just the club, I should say. You could leave with a golden uh, platinum parachute, and you know don't have to worry about anything for the rest. Of, and they'll and they'll probably get a job being a CEO of another company and make millions of dollars each year on top of the fact they got a severance package. I, exactly. Look at the guy from Xbox, for example. You remember when the the DRM and all that crazy stuff came out, and the dude that was the head of Xbox was like, "Okay, bye," and then he just left because Don Matrick. Don. Yes, Mad- he went to Zynga, and it was fine. And it, he was like, oh, my yachts are so shiny. Like, it, just, it didn't change anything. He, his Ferraris were still beautiful. Like, he, he was still buying them at Zynga. So it didn't matter. And it, and that's – there's such a – look, man, I'm all for uh, to chasing the dream. I, I guess I'm all for capitalism. I'm all for, hey, if you work your ass off and become a millionaire, you deserve every penny that you get. I'm not looking to say that everyone should have the same pay. Everyone, It's part of the motivation of what makes us human beings. But there has to be a point, though, also where things just can't be as ridiculous as they are, where where you could literally, because you're at a certain tier in life, you could fail and still be rewarded for failing. But you're, if you're not at that tier, you actually get punished for actually working your ass off and getting injured. Exactly. And there's things like, if you say the wrong thing, like being, you know, Review Tech USA. If I say the wrong thing, it's we're done. But there's people out there, like, I'm not going to say names, but there's people out there that can say the wrong thing every day for the rest of their life, and they're still going to have, you know, millions and millions of dollars in revenue just because of the fact that they're either, like you said, in the club or they're celebrities. Yeah. So. They're making royalties that they could literally sit on their asses for the rest of their lives. Like, yeah, you know, and even we're in the public eye, too. But you know how cancel culture is, man. We, I know you, you've you tried to be canceled, and I've been tried to be canceled a dozen times since I've been doing this. <laughs> you know, we do it. We get destroyed. Someone else does it. Yeah, okay, they may. Like, Roseanne will never be able to do a TV show again. Whether We could go into the fact of whether that should have happened or not because of her tweet but it doesn't matter to her. She got money in the bank. You know what right. I'm saying? Exactly. So it, it sucks. There's like this, this fence around a certain class of people that they're not allowed to do things. And there's the people out who are above that in their ivory towers who can make mistakes 
and still live I guess you could and beyond a comfortable life. They, they they have they have the money. They're above certain rules that other people are not above. I guess is the best way to put it. Right. Maybe that's when you know that's when you've made it. When, yeah. <laughs> when you finally get to the point where you say something crazy and then you're like, oh damn, I'm still I'm still doing great. <laughs> yeah. You could you could be an you could be an asshole and things are still or things are still uh, going to be going okay for you. <laughs> that's what I aspire to be. Finally. <laughs> now, did you expect, not that, no, I don't think anyone ever expects, I didn't expect it either, but are you shocked at where your channel has gotten to? Yes. Every day, I'm just like, what the hell? Like, I'm like, I'm like why does, why? I don't know, man. I don't, I, 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 I'm really thankful, like, that I can, you know, talk and people will listen. Um, Especially so. so fast, too, You because you started this in 2018. And again, in most, unless there's like a corporate push behind somebody, which obviously there's no corporations pushing you, <laughs> like, <No. laughs> you know, usually it just doesn't happen where you get that kind of sub growth, you know, it, it, now is this your full-time gig? It, yeah. When, I, uh, in June or July, I think it was July last year, the company I was at terminated me. Um, they never really gave a reason other than my boss called me. Cause I was a district manager on it for a vendor at Walmart and, um, my boss called me and he wasn't a very bright man. Um, <laughs> I've, so I've he, had him. yeah. So he let it slip that he's like, Hey, you know, we, you know, your YouTube has been getting passed around and you know, you're talking about some pretty controversial things and that's all he said. And he's like, you know, HR is aware, you know, of your, the existence of your YouTube channel. And then he kind of, you know, just cut cut it off and stop talking about it. And two days later, I was fired. It's and I didn't do anything wrong, by the way. Nothing happened. I didn't do anything. So it was just randomly. It was like, hey, we don't think you're a good fit. You, you're no longer employed here. That's this is because people always say that to me. Why don't you go get a real job? Well, one, this is paying my bills and I'm I'm doing okay. And secondly, here's the reality of it. If I try to do anything outside of entertainment now, I'm fucked. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> one Google search, one Google search and it's over because, <laughs> you know, there's always someone out there like you have them, too, because I know your detractors have come to my channel who say that they think you're lying. You know that especially nowadays with everything being super politically correct, there's a Google search on me, even if it's bullshit, which ninety nine point nine percent of it is spoiler alert and sorry for the people out there that want to believe it. You're done. No job is yep. going to even, even if, even if you're like, Hey, look, I have proof that it's not true and blah, blah, blah. They're like, not, nah, it's too stressful. We'd rather just hire some guy off the street that we don't have to worry about any of this shit. Exactly. So it's and almost, that's, that's, that's what I'd do. I, if I was yeah. a company and I Googled this guy and I'm like, Nope, <laughs> that's just too, that's too, uh, too controversial. I'll just hire this guy. Oh, absolutely. If someone, if I hired, if, if I was hiring and I saw, someone with me where you know big cheese stole his 200 and all the other shit about me i'd be like dude i can't like i'm sorry it sucks i know but i can't like i can't deal with it i can't deal with phone calls every day you know because you know that's what would happen too i mean exactly if you if you if you look at like in real life streamers where you know anywhere they go the people will you have people who will sit there and figure out where they are and call to try to get them kicked out so it's yeah. almost like when you do this as a living, it becomes a scarlet letter. So you better make something out of it because if it doesn't, if you like say it dries up, you can't even get a job working at Walmart. Exactly. Because, 
you know, so it, it's a really interesting field to be in because it's like you you better diversify from it or else I don't know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, what I'm and saying? the thing is, when you said like there's some stuff out there about you that's not true, like ninety nine percent, there was like a wiki article or a wiki entry, and I didn't even know it existed about me. Like, I guess it's made it to that point where there's like a wiki and everything in it was untrue. It was like saying my roommate was my ex-wife, the one that lives with me. And I'm like, what? It's that she would have been 13 when we got married. <laughs> like, she, like, what the hell? Like, you know, cause she's like 24 and, um, like it just doesn't make sense. It's, all of it was so grossly untrue. And I'm like, who wrote this? <laughs> like, I just had someone in my stream last night, like saying that I was wanting to get people kicked off of YouTube, like Mr. Mediker. And I'm like, I never know. The only person I ever said something remotely close to that was Alex Jones. And it wasn't even what he put on YouTube because he was already banished from YouTube. And I said, I actually said, I don't think he should be. Because he's a lol cow and it'd be fun to make videos on him. I've made it before YouTube got super strict with their uh, um, demonetization. I actually made decent money off of that jackass. I like him on here. He's entertaining. But the only thing I said about him on Twitter was because he laid a, he put a finger on in the politicians. Here's the, like, I, I'm sure you know this. Like, if you even touch somebody, if they don't want you to, that can be considered assault. Right. And I'm like, no, man, like you can't do that. So I got why he was kicked off of Twitter. I'm sure they were looking for an excuse, but it, it, it's just, I, you know, it's just mis misinformation gets put out there and it's put out there so fast that any, you know, people don't even want to deal with it. It's kind of like outside of doing this YouTube thing. You just, you're screwed at that point. Yeah. And it, we live in a day and age where it's hard to validate most things. And even though like, for example, in my videos, I show emails, like actual emails that somebody took a picture of in a store or, you know, sent me a copy of <clears throat> with a PDF or something. And I'll show that and I'll have somebody saying, like making an actual video, like a hate video saying he's lying. I know he's lying. And then when asked for proof, they just say, oh, you have to take my word. And I'm just like, are you joking? I give the evidence right here with a PDF. It's like I'm, <laughs> I have the thing in my hand and they're saying it's not real. It's just fabricated it's by me. It's so frustrating. It, yeah. It's so frustrating. You have to ignore it, but it's so frustrating because it's like, why would I? Like, I people, I've had conspiracies that people, when I made the video where I almost shit my pants in GameStop, <laughs> you, it, it, you heard about that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and people were like, oh, he's lying about that. I'm like, why would I? What? What would I get from telling you that I almost shit my pants at GameStop? Why would I make why would I make that up? They're like there's no benefit to me making that up. They were just nice enough to let me use the back bathroom to go to the bathroom like it was a true story. What I, I, all I, I like I sat there one day and went, "Hmm, you know, I'm going to make up a story about almost blowing ass in the middle of a GameStop showroom." Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah, that, that's the same thing as like apparently I'm just a great writer because I made up all these stories about all these the hookers and stuff, and I'm like, I don't have a colorful imagination, man. Like, <laughs> just I don't. I, it, this all like happened directly to me, like, and it's crazy too because some people that either worked with me in the past and this guy or knew of it will come to my videos and be like, like, you guys don't actually understand how re like real this is. Like, they, they know this guy. Like, other people know this guy. And they're like, dude, I remember this guy, and he did stuff like that. Other people that worked there, they all like are like. They they laugh and they're like I can't believe that you made a video about this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Multiple every, videos. everyone thinks like I'm 
I mean, I'm a fairly smart guy, and you are too, but we don't play 40 chess to that degree. <laughs> like right. it's, it's not like I wake up in the morning thinking, hmm, how do I scam my audience? And I know you don't either. Like We just get in front of the mic and talk about, I either talk about news or what I feel like talking about, and that's it. You yeah. know, and then there's these people that overthink and overlook into it and make up all this shit that's absolutely ridiculous. And it, it, it can be frustrating, but you have to ignore it, too. And that's why, you know, I've learned from because I used to feed the trolls like crazy because I was a jackass. But you learned, you know, you've actually been really good with that from what I've seen that you haven't fed them. You've, you've learned that quick, which I respect. I wish I learned it as quick as you did. Yeah, I have. A, I've, I'm very good at just seeing a notification that's a hate comment and i just swap her out like and just get rid of it i, I used never, to not i yeah, used to not. Just, i ignore it so hard and i always have and it's it makes it just makes things easier because otherwise i'm stressed out so which is probably the reason why you've been as successful as fast as you've been because that's a way to make your channel implode quick is by engaging with all the bullshit and that, exactly you know that's the reason why i think you've I mean you've hit 100k in what a little over a year yeah, it was. I started actually making videos in May, um, like actually uploading videos every like every two days in May. Because um, I made that first video, and then I didn't really do anything until in May. All of a sudden, I woke up and it had like a million views, and I'm like, "What the hell is happening?" <laughs> so, yeah, that's when I started. Now, what do you think of? I mean, I just made a video about now how GameStop's management is getting desperate, and they're doing which I'll talk about in a minute, kind of like what Radio Shack did when I was there, where they're trying to basically beg people to put, put as many add-ons as to, like, hey, you want to get you want to get this warranty? You want to get this accessory? You want to sign up for this? You want to sign up for that? W- what do you think the outcome of all that will be? It's not even a rhetorical question. I could probably know what you're going to say, but I'm still interested to hear your take because you worked there for over a decade. Well, <clears throat> I used to judge people, like judge like the customer and determine whether or not I can pitch something to them because I I knew how it worked even when I was there which is like you said only you know in 2018 it was pretty pretty strict but from what I hear now it's I mean you have to be on point every week or you're going to get fired and th- they actually fired 10 district leaders yesterday morning without notice and they're restructuring the company really? again yeah again they're restructuring the entire company again Yesterday, without notice, 10 district leaders out of nowhere. And <clears throat> after, you know, what comes after that, obviously, is store closures. And we're getting along the lines of 700, 800 worldwide, you know, store closures. And it's going to be even more this, you know, before even Q2 this year. And the thing is, people don't want to go in those stores when they come in and it's like, hey, do you want, you know, our pro card, which no longer gives you 10% off. So what the hell's the point of it? It's like you want a pro card. It's yeah, like, that's no. what I used to love about it, and now they don't yeah. do that anymore. And it's five dollars more expensive. Like, what the absolute hell do they think they're doing? So it's like, hey, do you want this pro card? No. Well, you want to reserve this upcoming title that has no exclusive, you know, pre-order bonuses. No. It's you want this one-year warranty that you know is three dollars, and you know you don't need it for your Switch game, but I'm going to ask you anyway. No. It's like, hey, what kind of phone do you have? Oh, you have a you know Galaxy S10. We will give you know. $85 for it since you have a crack on the screen, Jesus. you know, and then resell it for 400 to, uh, you know, foreign government. It's like, okay, like it's just, you know, by the time you leave, you're like, damn, like I'm, I'm exhausted from having to say no to this, these people. And the bad thing is it's not the employee's fault. Like they, they have to do that or else they're going to get fired. So what did you think of now? 
I've dealt with issues getting premium refurbished consoles there. And I had another GameStop employee on. You worked there for a decade. What the <laughs> hell did you guys do? Oh, I'm so glad I asked you because that sounds like it's, you have a weighted answer to what I'm about to say. What the hell did like the company do with the premium refurbished or certified used? Because you have used and refurbished, right? Or you right. have. Okay. So what so, the hell happened know. besides nothing? <laughs> Yeah, so used was something somebody directly traded in, and it depends on the employee, let's be honest. Depending on your employee, that console is either going to be destroyed or not working or something to that nature. Um, the refurbished ones were the exact same way, but from the warehouse, the ROC center in Grapevine, Texas. So they would come directly from there, and it was the exact same difference. It depends on who worked on it, because when the, the old white 360s were out, 90% of the time, we would get them returned because they wouldn't work out of the box from the warehouse and they would be disgusting and like stained. And like I've even seen consoles come from the warehouse with roach bodies in it, like dead roach bodies. I was about to say, there's a guy called Tronics fix on YouTube. He opened up a PS four and it was literally a colony of roaches of various sizes yep. just crawling around the thing. Yep. And we would have, we would have every two weeks, we'd have somebody come and spray the store because I mean, every console, every console had roaches in it and there was nothing we could do. Like, you know, it was just people would trade them in like that. So the store would get reinfested right after we got rid of them and, you know, we just sold them and then there was nothing we could do. I mean, we couldn't just not, you know, oh, well, we can't sell any of these consoles now. (laughs) Like we had to sell them. So that's just how it worked. And I'm sure it's still like that. How disgusting. Like. I mean, look, man, I'm not Mary Poppins. I'm not sitting there vacuuming every day. But you know, to have roaches, do you know how disgusting your house has to be? Right. It's terrible. And the fact of the matter is these poor people like unknowingly buy this console that has roaches in it. And now their house is like that. And they didn't deserve it. Yeah, you could have a roach infestation. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, it's almost like bed bugs. You know, you could be, you could go to a movie theater. You could have the cleanest house in the world. You go to a movie theater, you carry some bed bugs home with you. You have bed bugs in your house, and those things are like impossible to get rid of. Yeah, and I can even see, I can, I can foresee the comments right now. It's like, oh well, not every store is like that. It's like, man, I've managed three different GameStops. I've worked in six, I worked in six or seven, and I've worked in surrounding district ones, like filling in for people when they were on vacations. I've been in ten, twelve GameStops working. Every single GameStop was like that. It, they all were just you know covered in roaches. Every console covered in roaches, and that's that's just how it was, and there there was no like fallback plan on that. Even if I would get roaches in, and my district manager would be standing right there, and I'd be like, "Dude, I'm not, I, I can't take this." There's, there's roaches like crawling out of the back, and he'd be like, "Just put it, tape it up in a box, and seal it, and like suffocate them, and take the trade in because the trade means more, and the sale means more than you know the customer basically having to buy this because they're getting roaches, man." They're getting the roaches. It should be called the Roach 360 because that's what it is. But I'm sure you had to get returns of that. Like if people yeah. saw, saw – so what the hell – like if I came home and I saw roaches in a box, I'll be honest with you. Look, I've had minus one small experience. I've had pretty damn good experiences at GameStops, at least the local ones to me. Like they've been very nice. If you sold me a console with roaches, I'd want to throw the box at the person behind yeah. the counter. Yeah, and I mean, and I completely agree. And yeah, we get, we get tons of returns on them, but – you know, honestly, eight times out of 10, we wouldn't because it would be either a kid that would never just tell their parents that there was roaches in the thing or things to that nature. And that's what GameStop banks on. You know, they bank on that one person not returning this thing. That's why the one year warranties that they push so heavily, which are like a hundred percent profit because there is no, 
there's nothing they're offering you or selling you because we can return anything when we were at GameStop. I could return anything for anybody for any reason. There's no like policy around it. The only thing you wouldn't want to return is like a brand new console that's like been sealed and used. Um, but you could return that. <laughs> but the thing is, you can return a disc for any reason. You're just offering this customer a $3 one-year warranty that's arbitrary, and they would go home and never bring it back. You know, that, that people use those warranties literally once out of 100 times, so GameStop's just pocketing that money. And that's why they push it so hard, because they're banking on no one ever coming back and utilizing it, which they never did. So, see, I actually utilize mine, <laughs> maybe because I have OCD with my stuff. But yeah, it's that's. I remember I used to work when I was in college. I used to work for Best Buy, and that was basically what they said: is that it's just it's free profit when you right. buy those warranties. It's all it is. It's just there's nothing. All it is you just handing over extra money, and more than likely they're not going to have to do anything for you. Right, and the product's already been paid for. Like the product they have in their stores have already been paid for, like to this distributor. So there's no, they're not losing anything by offering that warranty. They're just actually getting free money, which is smart. <laughs> so now, did you guys, when you got the consoles in, did you actually go through the testing process? Like, did you put a disc in to see if they worked, or like what happened with them? Like when you got a roach infested console, obviously it was like, uh, yeah. I see, I was, I was on the better side because I generally like to keep things top notch, which didn't mean anything to be honest. Um, it all, all, the only thing that meant anything was ranking. Well, other, other, everything else fell to the wayside, but I always checked every console and did everything I could possible. But I mean, the other guy, you know, the guy that had with the prostitutes, like he, he would take consoles in half the time. He would just give $30 cash for an, uh, a Xbox worth a hundred. And he would turn around and resell it to the next person in line and not even use GameStop as like a middleman. He would just buy them with cash off of him, and basically he was the GameStop. Oh my now. god! Yeah, so like they, a lot of the a lot of the employees didn't check consoles or anything. They just took them in because they needed trades so desperately. Because they're looking at their dashboard and they see that little green circle, and it's not fully green yet. So they're going to do everything they can to get to that goal, or else they're going to get fired. It's better for this for this employee to take in a broken Xbox and meet that goal than it is for him to not meet that goal and for him to have to defect that console out a month from now you know it's such a shitty way to run a company and right whenever these companies get desperate they don't realize it i used to work at radio shack and they did the same but their thing was smartphones you mm -hmm. know like who the fuck went into radio shack for a smartphone there's a billion other places to go but towards the end it was like 2010 and the writing was on the wall they stayed open till i think 2019 but they used to literally have you borderline harass people yeah to, hey, you know, you came in just to buy a, a pair of AA fucking batteries, but how about this smartphone? And, and they're like, no, nah, I'm not interested. No, but wait, look at this. Like, they used to literally try to make you almost stop the person from walking out the door. Yeah. And, and what I don't understand is, you know, look, I don't care about numbers. I don't care about any of that. Is obviously that person's going to be pissed off and never want to come back. Right. Yeah. And they don't get. I don't understand how like these people, these companies, who are, time and time again, they see the, the downfall of places like Sears and Kmart, and so they all tried the same goddamn thing. Radio Shack. I don't understand how they don't see. Yeah, it doesn't work. You know, it's yeah, it's it's the old way of looking at things. They don't understand that a customer for life by just getting good customer, you know, a good customer experience with that one person, you do that a thousand, two thousand, three thousand times in a year, your store is doing great. Other stores aren't doing great. 
because you disenfranchise people. I mean, I had people that would come in to see me for three years and then I would transfer to another store and they would call me at my new store but that was an hour away and be like, I just stopped going to GameStop because the people there harassed me and you never did. And that's just, they disenfranchise people every day and that is why they're not looking for a long-term solution. The people that are in power at that company now are looking to short-term increase the stock price and sell and be done. They have no interest in that company lasting any longer than it needs to. I, so. I think even at companies that are doing well, I, I think that's the mindset. Like if you have a, a CEO or the upper management in a company that has shares in the company, I think they only care about, okay, I could get the most out of my shares right now if I do this. If it means the company in the long term burns to the ground, I don't give a shit. You right. know, so long as my check is the biggest until I leave here. I leave here a multimillionaire. If the company's smoldering behind me, uh, it sucks for them. Right. And the, the the thing with GameStop is this downsizing of district leaders. You know, it people on Reddit are like, hey, I've had six different district leaders in the last year. And that just destroys morale because the checks and balances are so different from person to person. So they have no direction. And literally every single person on Reddit is just like, this is terrible. This job's terrible. And they're echoing the same things that I've been saying. You know, Polygon's echoing the same things. IGN's echoing the same things. And yet when you type in the word Camelot with a C on R slash GameStop, you get auto banned. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. So if people go to GameStop on their Reddit and that you type in Camelot, they'll ban you instantly. Yeah, you get auto banned. So uh, it's like a it's a word you can't say. <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. Wow. I wonder if they're the ones trying to put out disinformation about you, trying to make it like you're lying. Have you have any info on that? Have they? Do you think it's them trying to say, "Oh, he's a liar," and they're? Well, it's it's uh, it's definitely employees that are still there that are you know the the ride or die employees, the ones that are going down with the ship. It's the it's, those are the people that do it because what they it's a psychological thing. If they admit to what I'm saying is true, they won't have a job very much longer. And they don't want to believe that. And I understand that. I get it. So, you know. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it was funny. There was a guy. He's a really nice dude, too. He became a district manager there just recently. And I feel bad for because he's actually nice. And I'm like, man, you're not going to have a job at least here much longer. I get it. Like, because you say you were a district manager at a company. If they closed down, it could be a district manager maybe somewhere else. But, yeah. You know, you, you have to know the company's days are numbered. How long do you see GameStop lasting with the next gen consoles coming out? I, I've been saying for with the, with the information I've received, um, I've been saying for about a year, six months after Q2 of 2020, because their entire strategy, GameStop doesn't make profit anymore. That's something a lot of people don't understand. GameStop makes no profit. They are they are riding on debt an increasing debt ceiling. That's all they're doing. And the thing that's bringing them in profit right now are what's called tech trades. It's where when you go into a store, they're going to ask you for your phone and they're going to want to see it. And they're going to want to give you a quote on it because they're required to get 10 quotes, five to 10 quotes a day and 10 trade in five to, to 10 quotes a day in a smartphone at a, at a place that's about video games. Correct. Isn't that crazy? It has nothing to do with the business. And what they do is they take these smartphones. So say you have an iPhone 11 or iPhone 10 or something. X and there's a small crack on the screen. You know, the, the phone usually would get 200 bucks, but with a crack on the screen, it gets 30 and say you're desperate and you need $30 cash and you sell your phone. They'll take 
uh, a hundred of those iPhones. They'll bundle them up at the warehouse and they'll put them on wholesale.gamestop.com or it might be gamestop.wholesale.com. It's yeah, any one of those and countries will bid on them and buy them in bulk. And those con- the, like GameStop will sell them at like full price, basically. So you'll see these bundles go for like ten grand for like a hundred phones or something of that nature. So that's that's what where they're getting their profit because it's pure profit because they pay nothing for these devices unless it's in perfect brand new shape. And the only ones that are in perfect brand new shape are completely stolen ones that com- like countries like China can get past the blocks on to where if it's stolen it's useless. You know, there, there's places in China where they can completely still use the device. So GameStop will encourage their associates to take stolen goods. And when they're wow. caught, yeah, no, no joke. Um, I've had district managers message me. I've had people from corporate message me saying they they don't outright say take stolen goods. But, of course, yeah. But yeah, because, you know, obviously it's it's lawyer lingo for the companies. So they absolve themselves of any guilt. But they'll... They won't outright say take stolen goods, but people are if they they say these words, they say this came from a, rig- a regional leader, which there's only a couple of. Um, he was like, "Hey, we if you don't physically see somebody steal that from a like a Walmart, then you can't prove it. So take it, even if it's eight iPhone tens sealed in a box, never used before, <laughs> from some guy that's like scratching his face and stuff. Like they will take them, and if that employee gets in trouble." It's a felony to take stolen goods and GameStop will be like, oh, we told them to not take stolen goods. And that that employee will be fired and depending on the city will be charged with a felony. And GameStop washes their hands of all of it. Um, And I've seen that happen firsthand with I've, I've seen it happen firsthand with a different kind of trade, not phones, because we we were off and on with phones back when I was there. But that's how they get their profit. And they're using that model, the tech trades model the stolen goods model, everything they're doing just to get them to the console cycle because the consoles, a lot of th- people don't understand that consoles like the Xbox and the, you know, the PS five, their profit margins, non-existent. It's less than a percent. It's, they make $3 per console, $4 per console. Games are roughly the same, a little bit higher. They don't actually make money on those, but people will invest in the company and then it will drop right afterwards because people think that the people think that, you know, oh, well, new consoles equals GameStop is going to have sales. When in actuality, new consoles, new games have no profit margin. Or their minimal, hope, yeah. Right, and their hope is to just get more foot traffic, which, like, to be honest, doesn't lead to anything. They're trying to get these people in so they can get tech trades, so they can in- increase the stock price and get the hell out of there. So that's that's their goal, is to use tech trades to get to consoles. And then there was, I'm sure you heard, the coronavirus was rumored to maybe delay the new console cycle. And if for some reason that happened, it would be over. GameStop would have to file Chapter 11 as soon as possible. Because they're basically so. banking on. I remember hearing that they were, they were like in a panic when they thought that the PlayStation Five and Series X may not have optical drives. That was like oh, they would. Could you imagine? Yeah, they, they they. I think they would have imploded if that happened. Because what do you? What would be the point of going to GameStop minus for previous generation consoles if there was no discs? Yeah, and think about this. This is very important. In 2013, when Xbox One came out, and you, you, we remember, we were just talking about the guy from Zynga, Don Metric. When that was coming out and Xbox was forcing this DRM thing, GameStop had 85% market share on video games back then. 85%. This is only in 2013. This is recently kind of. 
like 85%. So they sat at a table and told Microsoft they no GameStop in the entire world would sell Microsoft products if this console had DRM. They had the clout back then, yeah. They they when we were at conference that year, they took complete responsibility for changing Xbox's direction. GameStop did, even though I'm pretty sure it was public opinion in my opinion. They did that, but GameStop took the took the like they bragged that they changed Xbox's mind. Like there was a guy on stage and he's like, we were able to change a multi-billion dollar corporation's mind about DRM. And they were like showing Xbox pictures and whatnot. And nowadays it's less than 20% market share. I don't even think it's that high. So they have no clout now. And plus more people are more, I mean, as a PC gamer back then I, I was, I knew why I didn't want consoles to be like that either with the DRM, right. but I, I was more, mentally equipped because i was used to steam but console gamers when coming from the seventh generation were like hell no man screw that I, i'm used to getting my my physical copies now people are especially even me on my switch i get most of my games digital so yeah, they don't exactly. have that cloud anymore yeah back then i had my internet speed was 25 megabytes down and you know it was unreliable now it's like a gig down and it's it hasn't disconnected in a year like, yeah. I don't have any troubles with that. I can I can buy a game and download it in like eight minutes and take a shower and like be playing it when I get out of the shower. Like, so I, I, I'm a really physical guy. I have an entire life. I have every PS1, 2, 3 game that I ever bought behind me, but I don't have any intentions of buying anything else physical. And I'm super physical. I love physical copies. Me too. But I don't buy them anymore. And if I'm not buying them, like who's buying them? Because I'm I love physical games. So, you know. That being said, with GameStop's market share being less than 20% now, they didn't even make their goals for Xbox One and PS4. And the, the stock price dropped after PS4 and Xbox One came out because they didn't make their goals and re- their reserve goals, and they don't have any profit margin on those consoles. So now they're saying they have to beat 150% of their goals for the new Xbox and the PS5 to even continue, or else they're filing bankruptcy. Like... It's, I mean, there's, there's really no way out of the situation. No. And it's, it's not, a lot of people have said too that maybe GameStop could become like the Netflix of games where they become a cloud gaming service and then other companies, but they're not going to let that happen. First off, NVIDIA already kind of beat them to the punch. I don't know if you yeah. tried GeForce now. It's pretty damn good, minus some stupid legal caveats where companies don't want you to play your Steam games that you bought through their cloud service, but whatever. But that's not going to happen because every company is going to want to be their own cloud service and try to get you to sign up. So they can't even go down that route, you know. And they and they tried it. Went back back in 2013, 14. Um, they had they launched their own network like Steam, um, and you could come into the store and you could buy a game, and it would take you to some weird looking website that had GameStop logos on to basically send you the CD key, like the key the key for it, and then it would download it from their installer, and it was terrible. It like didn't work half the time. Um, people would come in and want to return codes over and over. And we're actually, that's the one thing we're not allowed to return was digital codes printed on a receipt. Um, and they never worked and people would keep bringing them back. And they eventually just, it, you would just buy it from steam. Basically it would just be a code eventually from steam because GameStop tried that and failed utter, like horribly because unfortunately, even though it's a technological driven company, Oh, we have games and devices. It's the most backwards as far as technologically advanced companies that exist. Everything there is like dinosaur level technology. I've Everything you use. Yeah. Like the 
everything you, they paid a company called Kronos $10 million to automate schedules for employees. And then it released, it launched and they had part-time associates working like 50 hours and the store manager wasn't even scheduled for the week. <laughs> and they immediately canned it like two weeks later and they paid $10 million for it. Like what the absolute hell are you thinking? <laughs> like, what a waste! I'll take ten million dollars. You want to waste on, on something like that? Let me. I'll take it. Yeah, it's probably like two guys, and they pocketed that money. <laughs> now you were there too when they were trying to do the whole cell phone. I forgot the the branch of stores that they had, but they had a cell phone company that they bought. Did that Spring Mobile? Spring yeah. Mobile. Spring. They just sold it for almost three quarters of a billion dollars. And yeah, they. I, from what I've read, that's a big reason why they went from the black to the red and they were in debt. Was there things that were they trying to push something different back then when they had uh, spring mobile? Not for us when spring mobile was that they closed the store across the street from my old store and they opened a spring mobile in its spot. And I never heard of anybody even going in there. Like I didn't even, I went in there once cause I closed the store and we helped open the spring mobile, but that was it. And then before I knew it, it was gone. Um, but for us, I think that's why we, we pushed cell phone trades before then. And then when spring mobile came into the picture, we never touched them again. And then as soon as they sold spring mobile, they started going, they started dipping back into that tech trade thing, which is what they're doing now. So it's like they're double dipping now, but back then it was just reserves all day, reserves and pro cards all day, every day. And it was violent. Like they had a thing called the circle of life, which I know you'd probably have heard about a hundred times, but they had a thing called the circle of life, which it was like, Four metrics, I think it was four. It changed all the time. But it was these metrics, and it was like pre-owned percentage to go trade new sales for some reason, because new sales mattered, apparently, even though they have no profit margin. And then, you know, another metric or whatever, um, reserves. And if you were not at 50%, like in a two-week period straight, you'd be written up. And if you were not there the third week, you'd be fired. And it didn't matter your position. You could be a store manager for 10 years and you'd have just two bad weeks and you're fired. It was crazy, man. And they got, they received so much flack from Kotaku. So they, they like got rid of Circle of Life. They never actually did though. <laughs> they just, they, they just like swept it under the rug so the public wouldn't see it anymore. It right. They like. made a, they made it a six metric system instead of a four metric system. So it was easier to not, it was easier to make that 50%. Um, so you had to be basically at 50%. And then like two months after that, they, they upped it to 60%. So it was the same exact thing, but Kotaku had already ran the story and there's no reason going, Oh, it's back, you know? So, and they're doing it again. Actually, the COL thing is a complete, it's back in the same way, shape and form with tech trades and everything. So now they have the exact same, um, punishment system. They have two weeks without making your goals and tech trades and you're written up three weeks. You're fired. Same exact thing. And don't they cut your hours too? If you don't hit certain numbers. If you're part, if you're a part-time associate, yes. If you don't hit your quota for tech trades, you, you they'll just not put you on the schedule. So, what a horrible company, man. Yeah, dude, it's it's like it's driven by fear, and I don't understand how companies can still exist driven by fear. But GameStop's one of them that keeps trying, and you can see it firsthand that they're failing. And if they didn't, if they didn't lead by this way, if they would have just made gaming first, they probably would last a couple more years. But They've disenfranchised every single customer. I mean, who have you talked to in the past that say they enjoy going to GameStop? Like, like often, almost everybody is now to the point where they're like, well, I can't, I just can't go in there anymore because they, somebody's been disenfranchised somewhere. And not only that, every tenured associate's gone. 
there's people on Reddit right now that said, I quit last week after 13 years. I just can't do it anymore. And I don't, you know, again, I don't understand why these companies don't get, I used to work way back when I first started college at circuit city and they used to be commissioned and you used to have people in, in, I mean, not, not at the express store in the big store where they were literally making like $70,000 a year. Yeah. Then they went to those people and said, yeah, you're not doing commission anymore in a base salary. You're just going to get 15 bucks an hour. Imagine, no, not even 15. It was like 1350. If you were tenured, you got like 1350 bucks an hour. Imagine going from making 70,000 a year gross to making $13 and 50 cents an hour before taxes. Yeah. And that's, it's funny you say that because Lowe's did that just recently. Lowe's had, they have a relatively new CEO that burned two other co- like companies to the ground recently and then came to Lowe's and, and, he all probably got, and he probably got golden parachutes from both, but continue. Exactly. Exactly. And he came into that company and immediately there's a, there was a sales position, like you said, where people were getting commission. And in 2013, the commission was just too high. So they changed it to where they, they would just give, they would give them a uh, bonus every month. It was a set amount. It didn't matter. It was just a set amount. But these people are making like an extra 25, 30 grand a year off that bonus. And then that Marvin, like uh, when I made that video is when they announced it. It was like a month or two ago. And they announced, oh, yeah, we're not giving you that anymore. And we're actually getting rid of the position. So all these people are freaking out. And they paid zero severance, not a single day of severance for any of these people that have been there for 20 years making 70 grand a year on this on this pay. And they uh, they offered to let them apply for like register positions and other positions in other departments. Oh, how, for like great, 10- how gracious of them. Yeah. They were like, you could still apply. And he, he came out on a video that I got exclusively in one of my videos that was for the employees. Like it was like a town hall video and I had it on my video and he basically said, Hey, I'm brave enough to make the tough choices. The people that were here before me were not. And he was like sitting there saying he was brave for cutting all these people's lives down. And that's just such a screwed up Fuck. way to look at things. It's so screwed up to me. But that's exactly the case is you take all these people that are making this this money for so long and you just get rid of it instantly and it just destroys morale. There is no more morale. That's exactly it. And that's okay. One of the big reasons that these companies like Circuit City and Lowe's and GameStop don't realize is that here's what happened to Circuit City. Well, besides them closing down and and this obviously isn't the only reason you could go how times have changed and and, uh, online shopping, blah, 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 blah. But you had these people who were paying mortgages, putting their kids through school, working at Circuit City, and then you get rid of the salary positions. Who do you think is going to take them over? College kids who are just looking for beer and weed money. Exactly. And they yeah. don't give a shit. So when you go, now the people that used to have these knowledgeable people making close to six figures a year who knew what they were talking about, now you have a college kid who just, if he makes a hundred bucks a week just so he could get drunk during the weekends, that's all he gives a shit about. So you get the, the disenfranchised, just like you were talking at GameStop. People are like, I don't want to go here anymore. The guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Exactly. And the thing is, like, that associate, dude, I've seen people working at different places that would come up and they would know absolutely everything about everything. And they would be so nice, so knowledgeable. Not only were they knowledgeable, but their customer service skills were on point. And they could, I've seen people sell thousands of dollars to somebody that walked in looking for, you know, a receipt printer. Like I've seen that happen. And then you take those people's commission away and then you replace it with a commission structure that's like, Oh, you won't get fired. Your commission now yep. is you just won't get fired. 
And they took, they get rid of those people that are making them, you know, probably 500 grand a year as far as Circuit City's, you know, goes. Probably 200 grand, 300 grand of pure profit in a year. And they, they, they're like, oh, we don't want you making this 20 grand or 30 grand anymore. So we're taking that away from you. And, and it's and, like, it's crazy. And they think that the fear of God will be a good enough incentive. And it's not. It's people, not, no. people just say, fuck you. I'm going to take what I've learned here and go to another job and be able to do inside sales at another company. And they just leave. And then you get flooded with a bunch of kids who were just there to, you know, just to get some money each week until they get their college degree and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And I've had so many people message me on Twitter and on Instagram. They would message me directly. I get, you know, especially when I, you know, upload a new video, it's like 30, 40 messages in a day, maybe even more. But every day I get messages and people will be like, hey, I finally left GameStop and had a new job lined up and I get paid more and it's less stressful and I'm actually enjoying life. And I get those messages every day. People leave, you know, they're like, Hey, I watched your videos. I decided to leave. I got a job, you know, at so-and-so and it's amazing. Like I'm so happy right now. You know what I'm saying? So like it's, people don't actually understand how bad it is until they actually get out. When I left, when I was driving home, I was like in tears because of how excited I was. Cause it was like, I was waking up for the first time and then I got a job right away making double and you know, the job was real stressful, but it was fun at first. And, but, but it got real stressful when, you know, the YouTube stuff started happening and they started pressuring me on that. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, we're in the same boat, man. We're both entertainers from here on out. So, all right, Camelot, man, this has been awesome. It was great to finally have you on. All right, guys, this was episode five of the Exposed podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, and maybe this will open up. They're actually taking applications at one of the game stops near me for people to apply. Don't work there. <laughs> no, no, never. It is it is the most soul sucking, terrible place, man. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't work there. It, it, it's over for them. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on, and guys, I will see you in the next episode of Exposed. Exposed. Exposed.